We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. To the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, January 26, 2018. DJ Trainer here joined by Shannon McEwen. No Ken Kreitz today. He is somewhere. You guys were in FSTA earlier this week together in Los Angeles. We don't know if he's made it home yet. He had a lot farther to go than you did, Shannon. Do we have an APB on, Chan- or on Ken at all? I think he's still traveling back. Uh, he stayed for a couple extra days. Lots of friends and family in the area. His brother uh, like works for some kind of circus. Uh, he's like a trapeze artist. I don't know. <laughs> Probably practicing with Ken. Gotcha. All right. Makes sense. So Ken's not here today. We're going to manage somehow to get through this podcast without him, and I'm sure he'll be back next week if, if he's still alive and if he still makes it back home to Shelburne, Vermont. Uh, this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know that we'd love to have it. You can also find this podcast and all of our other Rotowire podcasts directly on rotowire.com overview of today's pod top news i'll be going over it even though ken is not here we're going to get into our broader topic of the day we've been doing a series which is the chasing category series so if you're finding yourself at the bottom of your league in a particular category you are looking for realistic options to pick up off the waiver wire maybe acquire in kind of a dud of a trade just to help you boost a category you need we're here to help this week we're doing rebounds and blocks last week if you're interested it still should hold true uh, we did three pointers and assists so rebounds and blocks this week we'll finish things up with some friday DraftKings discussion getting started a little bit later on this friday than we normally do because we had some tech issues so uh shannon and i this is take three for shannon and, and hoping that this one is going to stick. We've recorded about 50 minutes worth of pod and none of it actually recorded so um let's get into it fingers crossed it's going to work this time. I, I think so. I think so. I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, 
biggest news of the day, I think so at least, is that Giannis Antetokounmpo will be returning from his knee injury. Uh, he has been cleared to play, Shannon, Friday and Saturday, or in Friday's game against the Nets. Excuse me. Were you worried at all when it came out that the the Bucks were going to manage this knee soreness? All told, he only missed two games uh, when it's all said and done. Um, but are you a little bit weary that he might be on some sort of resting schedule for the rest of the season? W- you know, where's the pulse on Giannis for you right now? I, I'm really not that worried about it. You know, from the get go, the the tone of this injury or the rest. It all just seemed to be like like a general rest or to manage the soreness and not not an underlying issue that that would extend beyond a couple games. So no, I'm not worried about it. Also, you know, Jason Kidd was the one under charge when this when this began, when this rest period began. And he's no longer there, so things might be different. Because I think this is very similar to the last time Giannis rest earlier this season. Uh, I think it was basically under a similar similar scenario. So I no, not worried at all. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not worried at all. The tone of the press release and the tone of the way that the organization was talking about this much different than um, you know they what they talk about you know just just pick your random guy. I'm trying to think of a good example here. Um, who's had knee issues forever? Oh, like Amari Stoudemire, like right, yeah, and, right. Just like anyone. way different, way different than than somebody like, or even that. the Chris Paul issue from earlier this right. year with the Rockets. Like any, any scenario like that, this just seemed to be not serious. We're going to rest him more than one game, just just because we want to be careful. But it's not going to extend much beyond that. That said, I'm glad you brought up Jason Kidd because this he got fired in the middle of this whole resting spell for Giannis. And I do wonder if Kidd was on the opposite fence of whatever the ownership was on in terms of whether they should or should not rest Giannis. I don't know which which side took which side. Uh, but I wonder if that was the final straw that broke the camel's back and they just said, all right, if we're going to fight about this, um, you know, things aren't going well anyway. See you later, Jason Kidd. They did announce today bucks officially um have announced that joe prunty will be the coach for the rest of the season that's all and well who realistically do you think will be the coach of the bucks next year i'm going to put in my official vote for jeff van gundy i think that if there ever was a job and a team for him to come out of the media landscape and coach it would be this one i don't think it gets much more enticing than Giannis with a cast of other young characters um, but i know that you're not on the jeff van gundy bandwagon you're on somebody else's bandwagon and Jeff Van Gundy hasn't coached in 10 years, 10 years. 10 so years. I just, I don't see it happening. Uh, he last coached the Rockets in 2007. I, I would be really surprised. I mean, John Gruden came back to the NFL. So, right. so who knows, who knows, but I would be surprised if Van Gundy comes back. Um, David Fisdale, that's sure. the one name. I think he's he's already kind of the hottest coach out there. His name's been leaked or connected with LeBron James if LeBron changes teams or maybe even in Cleveland um, or, or the Lakers. It's just... He, he's the one guy. He's the one guy who would get me excited if I was a Bucks fan. It's really interesting because it was almost seemed like it was unjust that Fisdale got fired from Memphis. They they're dealing with a lot of injuries. They still are. We're going to talk about it later on in the podcast. And, you know, guys from Rick Carlisle, I think even Popovich said it's, it's a travesty that he was, he was fired because he's such a good coach. 
But in the end, I think it's actually going to work out really well for him because he's going to be the bell of the ball when it comes to franchises needing new coaches. And he's going to pick wherever he wants. If he wants to go to Milwaukee, if he wants to go to Lakers, if the Cavs are ready to kick out Tyron Lue and, and LeBron is staying. So Fisdale, like when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be actually somewhat grateful uh, that he, he was able to move on from Memphis and pick his own team because the roster in Memphis is just running into a wall over and over and over. Mike Conley, Microsoft, we love praising them but in reality like those two guys are never going to win a championship or even make it to a championship yeah they have no blue chip prospects right uh i mean those two veterans are the only guys they have tyreek evans is probably going to get traded before the deadline the team should seriously consider trading gasol if anyone mm-hmm. if they can find a, a good deal but sounds like they're going to hold pat stand pat with gasol and conley gasol and conley yeah most definitely let's move on to minnesota where jimmy butler dealing with a knee issue was ruled out of thursday's matchup with the warriors um you know more broadly i just want to talk about jimmy butler more so than you know who took over in his place although we can get into some of that I have been pleasantly, pleasantly surprised that he's been able to essentially duplicate his numbers from when he was in Chicago. Um, He was a firm stay away for me heading into this preseason because I just thought there was no way he was going to go onto that team and see the same usage, same totals, and I couldn't have been more wrong. I really thought that maybe he was just an above-average player playing on a depleted team in Chicago. Not the case whatsoever. He's the alpha male. He's an all-star worthy candidate, um, and he's certainly is the MVP of the Timberwolves and Shannon because we've done this podcast three times already I know that you think he might even should be considered for MVP of the whole league yeah if you look at the current group he's got to be considered top five top six or seven guy for MVP And, and I mean Basically, I mean, it's because of Minnesota's recent push. The past two months or so, they've been playing really well, and he's been leading the charge for them. So absolutely. I mean, he's not only warrants his all-star selection over Paul George, but but he's also a legitimate top seven or eight fantasy or not fantasy real life mvp this season yeah i I completely agree with you um if you are looking to make some additions to your lineup if butler misses a couple more games since he sat out thursday it's certainly within the realm of possibility he misses a couple more games uh it wouldn't be a fantasy season until jamal crawford was picked up and dropped um in two games where where butler has been out uh he scored 21 19 and had five assists in each of those games if you're in leagues where you have those daily acquisitions go for it especially if butler's going to miss another game long-term season value crawford is going to slot right back into the 16 to 20 minutes and not really have much value even in the deepest of leagues anybody else that people should be aware of nemanja bielitsa is somebody perhaps that could be a flyer as well yeah bielitsa would be a would be a temporary ad in the in the scenario where butler sits out a little bit more on the dfs end you've got the the usual suspects and teague and wiggins have both stepped up significantly significantly with butler out um and your boy your boy nb bielisa bielitsa <laughs> nemanja bielitsa i'm not even gonna try that's the, the hardest i think that's the hardest name in yeah. the league to pronounce bielitsa is really really tough uh i i would say he's another guy to target in dfs and we've seen it the past couple couple games without butler you know he's in, been inserted in the starting lineup and get you 25 30 fantasy points most definitely let's move on to rodney hood out in utah dealing with a lower leg issue has been ruled out of friday's matchup with the raptors overall again Again, you know, these guys are dealing with more so day-to-day injuries. 
at the surface, how disappointing has Rodney Hood been this year? Because he has been people's kind of dark horse candidate to be a fantasy stalwart. Hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah, I mean, on the surface, the initial response is always like, hell yes, this dude has been disappointing. Uh, He was just highly touted in, in the preseason. Jazz execs were hyping him up and saying he was going to take over the scoring load that that was vacant with Hayward's absence or moved to Boston. And I I expected big things. I was like, I was locking him in as like a top 40, top 50 fantasy player, thinking he would be a great steal in round six or seven or wherever you may get him. And so, yeah, my gut, my gut reaction is he's been a disappointment, but then you look at the stats and he's averaging almost 17 points a game hitting 2.73 pointers not doing much with rebounds assist or, or on the defense van but 17 and 2.73 pointers is really damn good it's it's not great all-around production but those two categories are strong enough that he's a solid fantasy option still yeah, I you know you say his name, and I immediately think disappointing season. You look at the stats, and he's progressing perfectly fine for a fourth-year player in accordance with what he's done the previous three years. Um, I think expectations were set too high for him, and he really has met realistic expectations um, for sh- for certain. And then I just want to remind everybody. He was 23rd overall in the 2014 draft. It's not like this guy was a lottery pick and he's failed miserably. He's progressing just fine as an NBA player and absolutely fine as a 23rd overall pick. So uh, all all the spotlight has been stolen by Donovan Mitchell. Rodney Hood still having a solid fantasy season, but I do wonder if there were some people out there that really took him a lot higher than he should have been taken. All said, you know, he's not droppable. You know, I've looked at him a couple times and then you look at the stats and you're like, oh, wait a second he's doing just fine so just keep him in your lineups i mean he's he's not a fringe all-star candidate like a lot of people thought he would be but still a very solid and reliable well reliable to a point fantasy contributor this season support for this podcast comes from u.s bank if you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle look no further u.s bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding no matter what you're into feeling hungry check out the u.s bank altitude go visa signature card Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cashback, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Moving on to Memphis, Shannon already teased them, so let's get into it. They've been absolutely decimated with injuries over the past week. Most notably, Tyreek Evans dealing with an illness is questionable for Friday's contest against the Clippers. We have an absolute scrap heap of options left for us. This was the same case Wednesday. Assuming that it's going to be the same case Friday and all these guys with injury tags are ultimately ruled out, we are left, Shannon, with Andrew Harrison, Mario Chalmers, Wayne Selden, Dylan Brooks, uh, Ivan Rabb, Brandon Wright, Deontay Davis, any of those guys I just mentioned, you know, who's the best pick of the litter in your minds? There isn't one. Okay. There isn't one. I, I, I can't, I can't 
recommend a single one. They all are just far too risky for me to even bother with. Yeah. So on Wednesday, um, you know, I went with Mario Chalmers and Dylan Brooks. They were absolute duds. Uh, it was the worst fantasy lineup I've ever constructed in my history of playing fantasy. And the thought was, well, you know, there's a lot of options here, but you know, one of them is going to be the right answer. One of them has to actually go out there and score. And the actual answer was they only scored 85 points. So essentially nobody scored on that team. So they seem like a stay away, even though there are lots of cheap options tonight on the Friday DraftKings slate. However, we're going to get into it and see if we can be lured into using one of them. Because again, when you're slotting in a guy that's incredibly cheap, but will still be seeing 30 minutes a game, you think uh, it just provides for so much flexibility elsewhere in your lineup so stay tuned to see if if we hold true to the the stay away we just set last topic here shannon let's use lonzo ball as a test case he's unlikely to play in friday's game against the bulls while dealing with that knee issue overall though rookies on bad teams not destined for the playoffs dealing with lingering injuries i think you should be fearful that they just aren't going to see that much playing time in the second half of the season because what incentive is there for organizations to play their young studs, especially if they're dealing with lingering injuries? Should you be afraid if you're a Lonzo Ball owner or another owner of, say, like Dennis Smith, if he picks up a, a little ankle tweak or something like that for the remainder of the season? With Lonzo Ball specifically, I'm not really that concerned yet because the the team, even a week ago, Luke Walton said he didn't expect Ball back anytime soon. So they're, they're being cautious with, cautious with him now, but it doesn't seem like it's going it, to hasn't really seemed like it's gonna be a long-term injury but essentially it's a case-by-case situation i'm more worried about veterans on horrible teams who, who get dinged up slightly and then sit for the entire season or the last half of the season we saw that with eric bledsoe last year but with rookies most of the time these teams are bad they're going to be bad if they let the rookies loose but but there's also a benefit to doing that the, the rookie gets the they, they get the exposure, they get the reps that they need to, to eventually become a better player. And, and again, I'll use Phoenix as the example there because we saw it with Devin Booker, his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we'll see something similar. Like as long as Lonzo Bell's ball is healthier, as long as Dennis Smith is healthy, you know, the, the team's really going to just take off the leash and those guys are going to go hog wild the last month or two of the season. Sure. Yeah. Point taken. Uh, I definitely see where you're coming from. Reps are really important, especially for those young guys that haven't quite proven that they're legitimate nba players like your lonzo balls um for sure um so something to monitor uh moving forward with guys like ball or other um rookies moving forward definitely agree with shannon uh the veterans are the ones on bad teams to be aware of if you don't believe me just look at george hill zach randolph vince carter out in sacramento right now Hey, Rotowire Clan, we know how frustrating it can be to play in DFS tournaments only to be dominated week in and week out by sharks and pro players. Did you know that 91% of the money is won by 1% of the players? Well, now, finally, we found a new daily fantasy game where you actually have a chance to win. With DraftEasy.com's Rapid Fire game, all you do is pick which player in five two-player matchup you think will score the most fantasy points. Get four out of five picks right and triple your money. It's that draft easy. No salary caps, no math, no competition, just you against the house. Sign up at DraftEasy.com now with promo code ROTOWIRE and get a free shot at $50. 
check this for rotowire users get at least one pick right and score twenty dollars for free and for january draft easy has a crazy deposit match bonus with no drip up to one hundred dollars so go now DraftEasy.com, fantasy sports made easy Shannon, let's pick up the series that we started last Friday, the series, of course, chasing specific categories. This week, we're going to zone in on rebounds and blocks. Those two things happen to coincide with each other, so it makes sense that we're lumping them together. Um, Again, I want to set the table here. These are realistic players you could go out for now, pick up off the waiver wire, or you could uh, acquire in a trade because you shouldn't have to give up too much, but they're really, really going to help you in specific categories if you're needing in one specific category. So uh, rebounds, let's kick it off there, Shannon. Usually rebounds, um, you know, the rule of thumb is those are the easiest thing to find on the free agent uh, wire. Um, so go ahead and kick it off here, Shannon. One free agent I like, he's only owned in 16% of Yahoo leagues. He's currently dealing with a minor ankle injury, so he's he's missed a couple games. He's out tonight. But the three games prior, he, he had 13, 10, 16 rebounds. Michael Green for the Grizzlies. Mm. One, one of the few guys who... I actually expect expect his performance to increase throughout the season on that that team because they're going to move Tyreek Evans. They might move Mark Saul. You never know. And, and Green will be leaned on more heavily throughout the year. So I like him a lot. He doesn't really help with blocks. Where you know a lot of a lot of these big men who you get for rebounds will help with blocks too. But but just rebounds. Green's a good pickup. Yeah. So in lieu of blocks, you're getting three pointers almost one per game from him. So that's always nice. Nice if you need that rare combo of three pointers and rebounds. Um, I like that quite a bit, Shannon, especially with that team in disarray, somebody who could see a lot of minutes moving forward. Somebody that I think could help in rebounds and blocks um, had been drafted in the majority of drafts, but he kind of fell off during the middle of the season because of injury. Uh, I'm going to go with Dwayne Dedman. Now, uh, you know, he's not always starting. It's possible that the Plumlee is going to, you know, start ahead of him. That all being said, the guy, when he sees at least 20 minutes out on the court, can get you 10 rebounds. Um, over his last let's do since returning from injury his last eight games only averaging 20 minutes per game but he's giving you eight rebounds again if you only need help in rebounds he's going to help you out there he's averaging just over half a block as well Um, you know nothing flashy here but uh, you are where you are if you need rebounds I think he's one of the better ones to go target because he missed from November 30th to January 7th was almost universally dropped during that time period. He's really still sitting out on waiver wires in the majority of my leagues right now. Yeah, he, he's a good option there. I'm going to throw out two names that you know are familiar with, with most fantasy players or all fantasy players, I should say. Bismack Biombo, mm-hmm. he still has temporary value. You know, as long as Vooch is out, he's going to continue to get more run. He's averaging 9.8 rebounds over the past 30 days and also 2.2 blocks. So he's a guy that you can target for both categories. Um, he's only owned in about 47% of Yahoo leagues. And while it's temporary value, but he's still worth, he's worth owning in most formats while Vooch is out. Um, and a second guy, this is a trade target. And it's a big name, and we're trying to avoid most big names, but but I feel like this guy can be had at a slight discount right now, and that's Rudy Gobert. Um, really? Interesting. Just, just the fact that he was out so long, and, and he kind of fell out of thought, fell out of the train of thought for most NBA fans and fantasy players. So it's possible that his owner 
would would give him up for for a decent price. So I think it's worth pitching owners for him. Yeah, even though he's bad, he's only played in twenty two games this year. The four games since his return, he's averaged thirty one minutes, which is awesome. They didn't bring him back slowly; they just threw him back into the fire. But you're right. Uh, you know, you probably drafted Gobert within the first three rounds. Um, maybe you know you, you you're tempted to part ways and get something more reliable. That's a good one. I have a guy that's more so for blocks here, and that's Ekbe Udo. He's Rudy Gobert's backup. Up. he has seen he's basically been the key to success um for winning dfs slates when Derek favors and rudy gobert both sit when one of them is playing he doesn't see a lot of run that given the guy just gets a block like all the time i mean it only takes him 10 minutes to go out there and grab two blocks so let me pull up his per 36 minutes um jeopardy music go ahead and do it okay per 36 minutes he's averaging three blocks per game that is He's never going to see 36 minutes, but still, we're, we're, we're targeting cheap blocks here. You can have him all over the place on the waiver wire, and there's a slight hope that if Gobert sits, he's going to see more minutes. If Derek Favors sits, he's going to see more minutes, and you absolutely know for sure if he sees a certain amount of minutes, um, he's going to get blocked. He just is, but he is going to be at the end of your fantasy roster um, for sure. I, I The struggle I have with Udo is the fact that you are basically – you need two dudes to get hurt for him to see significant run. And I understand. I agree. He will get you blocks even in limited minutes, but he's not going to do anything else. I mean, absolutely nothing else. By default, some of the other names we've mentioned, like Deadman, yeah, he'll get you eight rebounds, and he's also going to score eight, nine, ten points per game. Like He's going to do a couple other things as well. Hudo's not going to do anything other than blocks, and he's never going to get enough run unless Favors gets traded and Gobert goes down for the rest of the season. I can't, within good conscience, recommend him as a pickup. I, I hear you. I will say this, though. For every game he plays in moving forward, he will average at least one block this season. So if he plays in 20 more games, 20 blocks is not easy to go out there and find on the waiver wire right now. Yes, you're going to suffer through some DNPCDs, um, but if you truly are truly are in desperate, desperate mode, I mean, he, he's going to technically get blocks. And even if he plays 10 yeah. minutes, he's still going to average one block per game. You have to be in an extremely deep league. You know, instead, give me, you know, if you're talking 10, 12, even some 14 team leagues, g- give me some somebody like like john henson who's still available in over 60 percent of yahoo leagues you know he's he's averaging 10 points seven rebounds and a block and a half over the past uh 30 days as as long as milwaukee doesn't bring in a big man henson's still gonna get plenty of run he's one of you know yes Giannis can block shots but other than that henson's really the only rim protector they have so he's gonna continue to get run unless they make some kind of ridiculous trade for deandre jordan so I, I like Hudson a lot more than someone like Udo, but that's not saying much. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. It just so happened that I brought up Udo because you talked about Gobert. I thought maybe it'd make more linear sense to talk about players on the same nah. team. Uh, Henson totally makes way more sense, and he's you know almost as available as Udo is. Um, another guy that we should have brought up when we were talking about Deadman, John Collins, rookie. Um, if your th- theory holds true, then John Collins – 
young guy, young rookie on a bad team should be seeing a lot more playing time, taking over for Plumlee, taking over for Deadman. He certainly seems like a good source of rebounds and blocks. And really, he's the type of player why we even decided to do this series, right, Shannon? To guys that you could target that maybe right now they're not getting a lot of rebounds and blocks, but for the majority of the rest of the season, they could, right? Like this, John Collins is the whole reason why we're talking about this topic, right? Yeah, and if if you're in a league that he's not available, go out, make a trade off for him. He's coming off one of his best games of the season. 13 points, 16 rebounds, four blocks yep. in only 26 minutes. There's Deadman is a guy who's been rumored in a lot of trade deals. Atlanta's going to be moving as many of their veteran pieces as possible uh, in the next couple weeks. And, and I think Collins is going to be one of the guys that really benefits from that. Uh, I mean, his per 36 minutes are off the charts. And, and once we, once he starts seeing 32 minutes per game which i believe will happen you know in the latter portion of february uh once he starts seeing that his stats are going to be damn impressive all right i got another guy that i will gladly slot ahead of ekbe udo um in terms of blocks and that's Salah Mejri. Uh, he is seeing consistent time in the rotation, unlike Udo. Um, granted, he's only seeing, you know, 10 to 20 minutes a game. He's still averaging about a block, a little over a block per game. If you're desperate for steals or for blocks, excuse me, um, you know, he's only averaging 3.5 points, only four rebounds, half an assist, not even half a steal, but 1.2 blocks per game on the season. If, if you are just incredibly desperate, Mejri is certainly somebody to target for blocks should be widely available and at least you know that he is going to play in every single game yeah he he's right there with with udo for me <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I can't do it i can't do it man that's I fine apologize. that's fine why don't you give me another name here i like hernan gomez for the knicks interesting now let me ask you a question with the knicks or if he gets traded because he is rumored to be on the move as well Yes, and, and that's that's my thought process here is that either he will get moved or the Knicks will move someone else like Kyle O'Quinn, and, and it'll just open up playing time. I mean, we've seen over the past two games, you've had O'Quinn out. Uh, Porzingis missed one of those two games, and, and we've actually seen Hernan Gomez get a little bit around 18 minutes and 15 minutes. He had eight points, three rebounds, uh, five assists. He's not really good for blocks, but he can get you scoring and rebounds in pretty high volumes and limited minutes. So if he starts getting 25 minutes per, per game at some point, let's say the Knicks fall out of the, the playoff, the playoff running, he could easily see that. And I just think they'll be making enough move moves, whether it's him or the veterans ahead of him, where he'll start he'll start getting minutes at some point this year. Yeah. In terms of availability, he's just as available as Udo or Mejri, um, probably, you know, even more so available than Henson. Now that brings up an interesting point here too, Shannon, is that Read all those trade rumor articles. If, if you have a couple spots on your bench that you've just been cycling through guys that you've never actually put into your starting fantasy lineup anyway, you might as well go out now before there's a mad rush on a guy that has actually officially got traded and take a flyer on a couple guys who might potentially get get traded assuming you have flexibility on your reserve spot to do it i think willie hernan gomez is is a perfect guy for that type of thing um and you know maybe somebody like Dwayne deadman is too um you know pick him up because he might get moved to a contender where he's valued for 20 minutes per game you, you just don't know um anybody else in that same vein shannon that like you know you might as well just grab him now before even if he doesn't get traded you know you had 
had that spot open on your reserve list anyways? I've been hyping this guy up all season, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna continue to do it. He's coming off one of his best games of the year. Uh, Jared Allen with the Nets. He's not oh, getting as many blocks yeah. as I thought he would, but he's, he still has the capability. But he, he just had 12.11 rebound outing, one block uh, in 23 minutes. I still think he'll end up getting minutes over Zeller and, and Okafer hasn't really worked out. So at some point the Nets are going to go ahead and say, all right, Helen, go out there. No need for us to run out Zeller or, or worry about Okafor. It's your turn. And, and I think that'll happen. It might not be till March might, might not be until, until late March, but, <laughs> but I, I do think that we'll see that at some point, you know, is he worth, is he worth stashing? It depends on how deep your league is. He's only owned in 4% of Yahoo leagues right now. So you probably have to be in a pretty deep league if, if it warrants to stash, but at the very least, keep your eye on him. Yeah. What's interesting is that Okafor is only three years older than Allen. We kind of think of, you know, Okafor is old, used, damaged goods, but in reality, he, he totally qualifies for the theory that we've been using this whole podcast shannon where you know he's a young guy that they might as well just toss out there too uh okafer and allen probably can't be on the court together at the same time i'm assuming not unless allen is somehow able to you know he can hit threes okay so maybe he can switch over to some power forward and play it on defense but i i don't know if that's possible again the nets you know they're not incentivized to lose either so it's kind of a weird situation with the nets but i agree that you know if jared allen starts seeing 20 minutes per game then um you're gonna wish you picked him up a little earlier than the mad rush to get him at some point uh other guys here just to kind of close up this chasing rebounds and blocks uh segment for rebounds these are been there done that before guys i mean we if, if we've done this pod 20 times over the last 20 years we've mentioned these guys 15 now in the last 20 years probably taj gibson greg monroe of course they're going to be source of rebounds they're not flashy they're not sexy they're not exciting but if you just need rebounds those are guys firmly in rotations that are going out there and grabbing six seven rebounds per game any last players you'd like to add on to this list shannon skull obisier yeah I, I i like him too and, and he's only averaging 0.8 blocks per game over the past 30 days but but that includes the past four games where you know he's got at least one block and a, and a high of three so he has the capability to get blocks he's never going to be a great re, great rebounder but he's averaging 4.5 right now that could bump up to six or so given the minutes uh but his minutes have been trending upward uh most games over the past few weeks he's seen 25 plus minutes so i just i look for that to continue trend in the positive direction and the stats will be there there'll be inconsistencies but but people people know he probably he was probably picked up in your league last year for the last couple weeks of the season he was productive at that time i I think we're going to see another late season surge from him um, but for a longer more a longer more extended period yeah i watched that game on january 22nd against charlotte that happened to be you know arguably the what was his highest scoring total of the season arguably his best game of the season 10 for 15 he really finished well around the rim like he he was slicing and dicing and i was pleasantly pleasantly surprised um i'm hoping that they can go with the front court of willie Cauley sign and scala for the rest of the season zach randolph phase out costa kufos phase those guys out hopefully 
hopefully, I mean, the Kings have said they're going to do that. So, so hopefully they do. And, um, you know, maybe they could start maturing into better players that are deserving of firm minutes in the rotation. But I think Scal is, is a great one. And, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I don't know what to say. I just, I had given Scal absolutely no thought before a week ago. Um, but watching that Charlotte game, I, I was very impressed. He's underrated athletically. I like him a lot. I think there's lots of upside there. Yeah, that was the big thing coming out of high school was that he was an athletic freak, didn't know if he could actually refine the tools required to be in the NBA. Shannon, we've we've made it farther than we have at any point today during our three recordings of the podcast. It's going well so far, so let's finish this up as quick as we can with our Friday DraftKings picks. Now, I teased it at the start of the pod. Let's We might as well start it to begin this segment as well. Let's just go right into that Memphis game and see if there's anything worth biting onto here all right so let me throw out the options for you right now you've got milos tilidoshitz at forty seven hundred dollars um let's see wayne selden's coming in at 39 chalmers coming in at 39 andrew harrison uh thirty eight hundred dollars i mean is there anyone out of any of those three guys i just mentioned that is worthy of being in our DraftKings lineup tonight because they're going to allow us to go out there and grab some really expensive guys if if I have to pick one, sure. I would pick Chalmers. Same here. We, we've seen him do it. We've seen him put up 40-point fantasy outings before when his team's shorthanded. So he's the one guy. I, I still, I think, pretty much no matter which one you pick, you're looking at about 18 to 22 fantasy points. But Chalmers is the guy who has more upside than the others. So So I would roll the dice with him. All right, fair enough. Deontay Davis, $3,600. Macklemore, $3,500. Ivan Rabb at a flat $3,000. Likely will start tonight on this Friday. Last time out against the Spurs, he played 16 minutes, got you 16 and a half fantasy points. Um, I don't have a calculator in front of me, but 16 and a half fantasy points for somebody who's $3,000 might actually be hitting appropriate value. Yeah, no, I mean, that's five times value. That's damn good. Um, one worry there is, you know, he racked up four personal fouls in those 16 minutes. Uh, it was against the Spurs, though. It'll be an easier matchup tonight, arguably. I mean, Blake Griffin's not the greatest for him, but uh, <laughs> it's tough. I mean, Marcus Gasol, uh, we'll just be real. Gasol's the only player okay. I, I'd be comfortable rolling with. I will say I am most tempted by Ivan Rabb tonight because it's $3,000 and no other reason. Just I, I'm going to be honest. No other reason. Not that I followed him at Cal and I love him and I think he's going to be a great stretch for. It's He's $3,000 and he might get me 20 fantasy points. And, and that's about as simple as it gets. All right. Let's talk. Let's stop talking about that gross, disgusting situation and get into some of the more hallmark parts of whatever your lineup is going to be tonight. Shannon, what's that one player you locked in in the majority of your lineups tonight? You just think he's solid gold. There's a couple guys who on DraftKings tonight. They have really attractive prices because they have what are perceived to be tough matchups. Um, And it's hard for me to ignore these players. One is is donovan mitchell 6700 against toronto he you know he already faced toronto once he posted 38 fantasy points it's i know it's a tough matchup but the minutes and shots are going to be there so i'm going to go with him 6700 this is the first time i've seen him dip below 7000 in a while i mean it feels like you know since pre pre-breakout for him so i i'm gonna i'm gonna take him at that price point i have to 
I mean, when you think about the Raptors, you do say, all right, really solid perimeter defense, really solid overall defense, one of the best teams in the NBA, to be quite frank. However, I think that Lowry and DeRozan just kind of get apathetic on certain certain nights, and you know they're okay just kind of letting Donovan go off. Like there's not this burning passion inside them to go shut down Donovan Mitchell, like there might be for an up and coming team like the Timberwolves or something to go out there and prove their dominance over another team. The Raptors truly don't care; they just need to kind of make it through the season and really you know focus on the playoffs. So given that you know in reality it is a tough matchup, I just think there's a little more wiggle room against a good defensive team like the Raptors than there might be for a good defensive team like the Timberwolves who really seems like they're going out there and trying as hard as they can and and shutting down kind of their contemporary players across across the aisle there so I, I like Donovan Mitchell is 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 the shortest answer of saying my my two two minute response there to you Shannon who else in who else is in your lineup the other guy is Dennis Smith he was at 6100 he's going against Portland uh, he's been he's been playing really well the past few weeks uh, he's got a string of 35 plus point games under his belt uh he, he's done okay uh, against portland as well he's only played him once but it was one of his higher scoring nights of the season 42 and a half fantasy points on DraftKings. so at 6100 with 40 point upside i'm looking to roll him out as well so what's really interesting here is that the duo of mccollum and um Oh my gosh, Lillard. Dame Lillard. Yeah, I forgot Dame Lillard's name. He's really forgettable. That's why he never gets elected to the all-star game. Um over the course of the last three years, or basically since they've been together, they've been one of the worst perimeter defenses in the league. But they are way better this but year. But they're way better this year. Now, now given, they're, they're actually top five when it comes to giving up DraftKings points to opposing point guards. However, should we expect a regression back to the mean over the second half of the season? Like, I get it. I, I know. I see it right here in front of me. They're top five in terms of giving up DraftKings points to point guards. But I have to believe that they're going to regress to the mean, which means that maybe just actually they're average at best they're not fifth best in the league i don't disagree with that all right i, I, I think that yeah i think they've played above their head on defense so far so yeah no i i expect dennis, dennis smith to have a big night and i i expect point guards to to not struggle too much against them going forward i'm just like giving you the most convoluted yeses to to your answers as i possibly can today let's shift it down a little bit we've got our point guards locked in there maybe we're going to go with chalmers maybe we won't but we sure as heck are going to go with mitchell and dennis smith jr why don't you give us a forward or a center that we can maybe pivot pivot with our lineup tonight we, we mentioned john collins earlier and he's coming off that big game so i want to roll him out there again um, he's going up against charlotte you mentioned Skull had a big game against Charlotte. So here's another young big man who, who could do the same. Um, as long as he gets 25 minutes, I'm comfortable because I know he's going to hit 25 to 30 fantasy points with upside for 40. Uh, it's just a question whether or not he does. He's averaging about 22 minutes per game right now. I need him to see a little bit more than that. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, 4,900 is a good price for his type of upside. Yes, I agree with you, Shannon. Is Thank that, you. Did that average out my answers yeah, in length? Yeah, okay. That's yeah, no, I like it. I, I think that they're trending in that direction. They might as well play him more. Um, maybe you want to showcase Deadman so you can trade him, but I don't really think so. I think every team in the league knows exactly what they're going to get out of Deadman. So play the young guy instill some confidence into him uh heading into the second half of the season and he is also was named to the nba rising stars so you know i'm going to give a little bit of bump to all those guys that were named to that because they're going to want to go out there and prove it and i've got a special revenge game pick for you dj you know i love revenge games 
Again, this, this is a guy who has a tough matchup. His price is deflated because of it. Uh, Eric Gordon against the Pelicans. Five thousand dollars. I don't think I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him either because you know James Harden's back now. Chris Paul's healthy. He's not really you know he's not needed to carry the load like it was a week or two ago. But I still like him at the five thousand dollar price point because I know he's going to play thirty minutes. I know he's going to get a ton of three point attempts, and I'm just hoping to get thirty points from him at that. Yeah, I I think it's like the least sexy revenge game yeah, that you can think of, <laughs> but it also helps that it's in New Orleans. And here's another thing about revenge games. You know, like if we talk to Nick Whalen, Rotowire's NBA editor, he he's just not into re- the whole revenge narrative. He's, They're not real. I I think they are to a certain degree. But here's the thing: when you're when you're playing on a really really good team like Houston that knows they're gonna probably win the game no matter what, like guys like Chris Paul um, and James Harden, like. I think the teammates like the revenge narrative more than the actual player does. So they will have no problem feeding Gordon, feeding Gordon, playing into it, playing into it. Um, and because Houston is so good, they're afforded the luxury of, you know, hey, hey, Gordon, why don't you take an extra couple shots tonight? It's not going to hurt our overall game plan. So um, I might be breaking down this whole revenge, this specific revenge narrative way too much. Um, but I think everything is in line, perhaps, um, for Gordon to far exceed his $5,000 price tag. So three out of four uh, cumbersome responses that say, yes, Shannon, I agree with you. Cause I don't really like saying that just out front and it's not something that rolls off the tongue for me. Oh, well, thank you for, for allowing it to this time. All right, let's finish things out here. Do you have any more players that you just are in the majority of your lineups tonight? Or are you concerned and have one guy in like, you know, just a couple, if let's say you're doing a hundred, you have them in only 25 of your lineups tonight. Anybody like that, that you're, you're uneasy about, but maybe he could be the key to your success when it's all said and done. It's it's tough. I will take a chance on Mario Chalmers in at least one of my lineups. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. That's why Grizzly. I teased it the whole pod that way, because I knew we were going to end up with a Memphis guy in our lineups for sure. And I, I'm hoping another cheap option becomes available somewhere else. Uh, but he's the one cheap Grizzly. It, it's just it's an odd night. The The big guys, the expensive guys. Cousins and Davis are going to be in a high-scoring matchup against the the Rockets, but I I can't decide which one I would rather have, and I don't know if it's a night where you try to squeeze both. Unless you want to go like three Grizzlies deep, you're not going to squeeze both of them <laughs> into your lineup. So I think that is kind of the theme of DFS this season: Davis or Cousins, right? And really, the answer has been one or the other, and sometimes both, but not usually both. It's it's one or the other. Um, it often has been the key to success because uh, those guys get divvied up, especially when they're facing bad opposing front courts. I never have the answer, except I'm always going to side with Cousins because I'm forever, forever uh, burned by the Anthony Davis left uh, Friday's game in the second quarter with a thigh contusion. You know, that's the one factor that you really can give the edge to Cousins. If you think all things are equal heading into the game, give it to Cousins because Davis is left the game with an injury prone. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I'm right there with you. I, I do like Cousins slightly more than Davis. Uh, the only way, I, the only reason, time I would normally, you know, I would even consider Davis over Cousins is if the price difference 
was substantial enough. And there was a point maybe a couple weeks ago where Davis was around 9,700. So there was a good $1,200 difference. Mm-hmm. Like sure. that, that's a big enough difference. But when they're basically the same price, uh, I would go with Cousins. Fair enough. That's going to do it for this Friday pod. Shannon, we made it. This was the longest time we've ever spent on one podcast in the history of doing podcasts together, probably in the history of Rotowire. Um, we spent the whole day trying to get out one podcast. We did it. I'm going to end it right now before it cuts out on us. Thanks so much for joining us on this Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast.